I'm so honored this morning and excited to have a very special guest with us. Um, she's become a very dear friend of mine who I look up to immensely. I love her heart, and I think you're going to love it too. She's an accomplished author and a, uh, a speaker. She leads the women of North Texas. She equips us to lead you ladies at the local church. And she's a lover of missions, and she has a heart for our missionaries. Please join me this morning as we welcome our guest speaker, Carrie Clarensaw. Well, good morning, The Grace Place. I am so blessed and honored to be here. I want to thank Pastor Mike and Dawn for the privilege of sharing with you on this special day, this Mother's Day. You know, and I especially want to thank Dawn and the women of our church for faithfully giving to the Connect Fund. It is a fund that women's ministries across North Texas give to. It is a fund that helps our missionaries with their household budget. So our um, our women across our district collectively, we give $6,500 to every missionary when they leave for the field so that they can set up their home. Isn't that pretty amazing? Give yourselves a hand for that. We also have a place called the Home Market, and women across our district bring new household items for our missionaries, and our missionaries get to go to the Home Market and shop for free for items that they need. This morning, I sent, I have a video that is from one of our sweet missionaries that visited the Home Market and then sent us a video thanking us for our participation. So I just want to share this video with you this morning. Hi, North Texas ladies. I am here in the home market and just have arrived from the field and am getting into my own place and thought to myself, I have nothing. How am I going to stock my apartment? I made a list of everything I needed and then I um, heard about the home market and I got the items that you see standing here um, behind me, some essential kitchen, bedding. I had no sheets, no blanket, uh, no shower curtain. I needed a pillow. I needed, um, just so much. And I just want to say thank you from the very bottom of my heart because, um, you have provided for this missionary so that I can, um, continue to share the gospel. And so just thank you so much, North Texas ladies for all that you do. God bless you. I couldn't say it half as good as she said it. So thank you. Thank you, uh, women of North of Grace Place, for blessing our missionaries. We know how important it is to have a home, to have a safe place to come, especially for our missionaries. They've left their home. They've left family. They've left friends. They've left everything that's familiar. And for us to be able to help them to set up their home, a haven for their family, we are so blessed to do that. So thank you for your faithful giving to the Connect Fund. 
Do you know, also, I just want to thank Pastor Mike again for the opportunity to share God's word on this morning. Do you know, it's not um, something that I take lightly. It is a privilege to be able to share God's word with you. And I just pray that I handle his word accurately, and I pray that our hearts are open this morning. So let's, let's pray and ask the Lord to visit us in this moment. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful church family. Thank you for Pastor Mike and Don, who obviously love you and these people fiercely. God, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive from you this morning. God, I pray that you would speak deep truths into our hearts, that we would be able, God, to walk from this place knowing that you love us, that you are for us, that you hear us when we pray. God, I pray that your word would encourage us and inspire us and challenge us and comfort us. It's for your glory and it's for our good that we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this year, my heart has been turned toward prayer. I have been reading scripture, even looking for how God's people interact with him in prayer. Prayer is an incredible privilege for those of us who are followers of Christ. It is our opportunity to communicate with our creator, our redeemer. What an amazing privilege that we have to pray and to pray daily, to pray moment by moment, to enter his presence through prayer. Well, a few weeks ago, I was reading the book of John, and it's a portion of scripture that I have read literally hundreds of times in my life. But isn't it amazing how the word of God is active and alive, and it comes alive to us in new ways as we read afresh and anew? It's like his word is unfolding to us, ever unfolding truths. And I was reading in John chapter 11, and it stood out to me completely differently this time than it had ever stood out to me before. This chapter is the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. This may be a familiar passage for most of us in the room, but let me give a few highlights so that we're all thinking about the story in, in, the, in a fresh way. So Mary and Martha and Lazarus are siblings. They live in the town of Bethany, and they were close friends with Jesus. And Lazarus had become ill, and so Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus and said, hey, the one you love is ill. Please come. They were obviously asking for Jesus to come and to heal their brother. But when Jesus heard that Lazarus was, had, was sick, he stayed where he was for a few days, Jesus then decides to go to Bethany, and he tells his disciples, Lazarus is dead. And when he arrives, he finds out that Lazarus had been dead four days in the tomb. Mary and Martha both come and greet Jesus at different times in the story, and they say to Jesus, hey, if you'd been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. There were others around saying, couldn't he have kept him from dying? Jesus has compassion. He's moved with compassion. It's an incredibly beautiful um, scenario when he sees Mary and those weeping with her. And he goes to the tomb and he raises Lazarus from the dead. Do you know, I had understood this passage. I had not understood this passage to be about prayer until just a few weeks ago when I was reading it. Friends, I believe that this passage is about praying and waiting Praying and waiting. You know, I had never seen that before. Never seen the idea that this was praying and waiting. But Mary and Martha had sent word to Jesus. (laughs) It's what we do in prayer, isn't it? We send word to our Father. We send word to the heavens. (laughs) 
And so there were seven things that stood out to me as I pondered the scripture, as I thought deeply about this passage, as I looked at it through the lens of prayer. And I want to share these seven thoughts with you today. If you have a Bible or you have that Bible app on your phone, turn to John 11 because that's where we're going to be camped. We're going to be walking through this passage in detail this morning. The first thing that I saw is from verses two through three and four. And it says this, so the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. The first observation is this, friends. Jesus heard and he immediately knew how he was going to respond. He heard and he knew how he was going to respond. The second observation is this, in verse 5 and 6. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Do you catch that? Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Friends, that kind of baffled me a bit. He loved them, and yet he stayed where he was. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. The third observation, verse 21, 32, and 37. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Mary comes and says the exact same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then there were those standing around, and they said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Mary, Martha, and those standing around had preconceived ideas about how and when Jesus should have responded. They were watching the situation. They thought, hey, if you had gotten here sooner, we wouldn't be standing near a tomb. He would be alive. The fourth observation is when the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Friends, there was intense sorrow in the waiting because they did not understand what Jesus was doing. There was sorrow in the waiting. The fifth observation that I have is from verse 25. Jesus is talking to Martha, and listen to what he says to her. And this is in the waiting. This is before Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. He says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And Martha said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. Friends, my observation is this. Jesus revealed incredible truths in the midst of the waiting. Her heart, the soil of her heart was tilled up with sorrow. It was soft. When we are in the waiting and we are experiencing all those emotions, our heart is primed and ready to receive truths from him that are deep. Truths that we may not understand if we're not in the waiting. He said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Consider the incredible truth that he revealed to her. Do you think it took on new meaning because she was near the tomb of her brother? 
Oh, I believe it did. I believe that there was this understanding of who Jesus was that was greater than anything that she had had before. The sixth observation is from verses 32 through 35. It says, Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And there's that one, the shortest verse and passage of scripture, Jesus wept. Friends, Jesus felt their sorrow. (laughs) He didn't disregard it. He didn't say, hey, do you not know who I am? Do you not know why I'm here? He understood the sorrow they felt. And he felt compassion on them. He was moved with compassion for them. The seventh observation is then Jesus told them plainly, verse 14, Lazarus has died. He's talking to his disciples. And he says, for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. Hmm so that you may believe, so that you may believe. Later in that passage of scripture, Jesus says the same thing again in verse 40. He says, um, he says to Martha, did, you not, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Friends, the waiting is all about their faith. It's all about their faith that they may believe, that they may believe. Those are the seven observations. And friends, can I tell you that as I sat in the scripture looking at those and writing out those observations, man, there was so much stirring in my heart that I can't even tell you. But what I do want to do today is I want us to think about your situation. I want you to think about your situation. Have you been praying for something? Are you waiting? Are you waiting for him to respond? You know, God sometimes seems slow, doesn't he? And if you are in a situation where God seems slow in responding, I want to apply these seven truths to you and to your situation. First of all, be assured that Jesus has heard your prayer, and he knows exactly, exactly how he is going to respond. He has heard, and he knows You know, I'm sure that when Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus, they didn't even know if the word had reached him. You know, when they were waiting, here's Lazarus in the tomb for four days. Did the word even reach him? Did he even hear? Does he even have a plan? But we see in the scripture, when Jesus heard, he knew exactly what he was going to do. And so that truth is the same for for you and for me. Jesus has heard our prayer, and he knows how he is going to respond. Secondly, He loves you. He loves you. And he has your best interest at heart. And if there is a delay, you can know that it's on purpose. And it is prompted by his love for you. You can trust his love. I just think it's so interesting in the scripture how it says, Now Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. 
So when he heard, he waited. We don't know if his love prompted him to wait, but we know those two things existed side by side. He loved them and he waited. What? (laughs) So if he's waiting, trust his love. We can trust his love. Thirdly, undoubtedly you have ideas about how God can answer this prayer. At least I know. At least I'm kind of bad about praying this way. Okay, God, now you can do this, and then you can do that, and then you can do this. (laughs) Anyone else in the house have ideas on how he can answer? Mary and Martha and those watching, they had an idea of how God should answer. But can I tell you that he may have something even more in mind than you can even imagine at the moment? We can trust his love. Don't let our preconceived ideas weaken our faith. Trust that his answer is going to be even greater than we can imagine. Fourthly, negative emotions accompany a waiting season. Mary and Martha were overcome with grief in their waiting season. So can we. We can pray and we can expect. And when he doesn't respond on our timetable, there's going to be emotions. But you know what I see with Mary and Martha is they run to Jesus and say exactly what they think. Didn't they? They ran to him and they told him how he, they felt. And you can almost hear the angst in the voice. Hey, if you had been here. Can we be that honest with him? (laughs) Hey, Lord, I've prayed. I'm expecting great things, and you are not showing up. Where are you? What's going on? We can be honest with him. We can tell him how we feel. The fifth observation is God has something to reveal to you in the waiting. Friends, I'm just blown away by that that declaration that Jesus made about himself to Martha in the waiting. I am the resurrection and the life. I believe with all of my heart that when there is a season of waiting, Jesus is revealing something about himself to you that you would not understand without the waiting. So friends, seek him with all of your hearts. You know, he's not in person for us like he was with Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha were able to run to him, to pour out their hearts, and to listen to him speak. We don't have that opportunity. He's not here in person with us, but we have his word. And so friends, I would say in a season of waiting, run into his word and dig deep and listen with a heart that's wide open because he wants to reveal something to you in the waiting. Something that the waiting has tilled up the soil of your heart and your heart is ready to receive. There are depths of who he is. There are depths of his character, depths of his nature, depths that he wants to reveal to you so that you can know him and love him and believe him even more. So seek him in the waiting. Seek him. The sixth thing I want to tell you is that he's weeping with you. He's not oblivious to the pain that you feel in the waiting. He cares. He loves you. He sees you. And can I tell you that his compassion is prompting him to respond in the best way at the best time, even if we don't understand it. And it may not even be till heaven that we understand his delay. 
But can I tell you that he loves you and you can trust him. Lastly, it's all about your faith, friends. It's all about your faith. Faith requires waiting. Did you know that? My husband often says, faith only works in the dark. (laughs) It's when we don't understand. It's when the waiting is happening and we wish that he would respond. That's where faith comes in. And that's when he wants to build our faith. And can I tell you, friends, that it's not just about your faith. Something stood out to me so much as I was reading the scripture a few weeks ago. And it was this. There were people around watching Martha and Mary wait on Jesus. Okay, so Mary, Martha, and Lazarus had a close relationship with Jesus, and people knew it. And they knew that Jesus had been sent word that Lazarus was ill. So they were watching Mary and Martha. And it says really clearly in the scripture that many of those who were watching what was happening believed So much so that it caused the religious leaders to want to kill Jesus. If you read on in John 11, it's the the preemptive thing that happens that says we've got to kill him because people are believing in him like crazy. (laughs) Friends, there are people watching you wait on Jesus. There are people who are watching you wait. So how we wait is so important. And when he responds, how we respond is so important. Because it's not just about our faith. It's about the faith of those who are watching us wait. So friends, let's wait well. Let's wait well. Do you know, I want to encourage you today. Because I know how the enemy works. I know. And I know that the enemy in waiting seasons whispers things like, he doesn't hear you. He's not listening. He doesn't love you. You are all alone. You are stuck in this waiting season forever. That's what the enemy whispers to us in the waiting seasons. But friends, I want to tell you (laughs) that he hears you and he has a plan and he loves you. And he wants you to trust his plan, to trust his love. He wants you to tell him how you feel. (laughs) And that he wants you to dig deep into the word. And let him speak truth to you in this season of waiting. Because we will all have them. If we are people of faith, waiting is a part of our faith journey, friends. Our faith will not be built without seasons of waiting. So I want to encourage us to have great anticipation in the waiting. I want us to have hearts that are tuned toward him in the waiting. I want us to recognize the emotions we feel are real, and we can tell him how we feel. But then we have to trust. We have to trust. Do you know, I know that in a room this size, Maybe even if there were just two or three of us, there would be those who are waiting. (laughs) Because God most likely, most often, does not answer our prayers immediately, does he? Occasionally, he answers our prayers immediately. (laughs) 
but most often he requires us to wait. Friends, if you are in a season of waiting today, I want to pray for you specifically. Because waiting isn't easy. Waiting's hard. Waiting's hard. If you are in a season of waiting, I'd like for you to stand right where you are. And I want to pray over you this morning. And I want the brothers and sisters in this room to pray for you as well. Give a few more moments. If you're seated, I wish that you would, I'd ask for you to stretch out your hand to those that are standing. Father, you see these precious souls who just like Mary and Martha have sent word to you and they are in the waiting. They are waiting for you to respond. God, I pray that you would just build their faith, that you would strengthen your faith, their faith. I pray that you would reveal your love to them in a very real and tangible way. God, I pray that this passage of scripture would encourage them and strengthen them and challenge them to wait for you. Knowing, God, that what you have planned is greater than anything we can even imagine or hope in this moment. God, while it may be heaven before we understand this waiting season, God, I pray that their trust in you would supersede their need to understand, but that their trust and their faith in who you are would just be a pillar in their lives, that you would wrap your arms of love around them, that they would see the compassion that Mary and Martha and those standing around saw that day at the tomb. God, I pray that they would rest in that love in such a powerful way that those watching them wait on you, they too would be encouraged in their faith. God, we ask for your purposes and your kingdom and your glory to be revealed in each and every situation that is represented by someone standing in this room. God, you know you have heard and you have a plan. And I pray, Father, that we would trust that plan and that we would reveal faith to those watching. God, we love you. And we are so grateful that you love us. Father, may we trust that love above all else. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.